Rush and Welcome back to another episode of Fresh and Buds. I'm your host, Tommy Fresh. You guys can call me Tom. You can call me Fresh. You can call me whatever you dang well please. You guys are all my buds. We got a great episode for you this week. I, as you probably have guessed from the the title of the episode, I built a cube. And uh, we're going to go into what a cube is and, and what goes into my cube. And this is going to be obviously a flesh and blood cube. Uh, the uh, the Magic the Gathering community enjoys their cubes, but we're gonna we're gonna get into it in flesh and blood. I know some other people have built some as well, but uh, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my my theory behind on what would make a good flesh and blood cube, and talk about mine, and it should be a lot of fun. But before that, I want to go over some things and and kind of hang out and catch up. First of all, I want to shout out the Discord, the buds. We've been playing a lot of games on there. Uh, if anybody's interested, it is linked in my link tree. Uh, we have a lot of fun down there. You know, we talk about anything from limited to food to to blitz to con- classic constructed to just anything uh, you know that's going on. And uh, it's it's a great group over there, and 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 it, it's fun to to play some games over there. We do we do webcam games and uh, tabletop simulator. Actually, I haven't started that yet, but I, I do want to learn. We're gonna get there. Uh, eventually it's, it is daunting for me, uh, but we're going to get there. And, uh, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about some news that's happened, uh, that we haven't really discussed on the pod lately. Um, first of all, welcome to Wraith. It's going out of print. Uh, the, the third set in the, in the past couple months here to go out of print. Uh, I, I think most of us saw this coming after the announcement of Crucible of War and then Arcane Rising, which I don't even know if uh, we went over the Arcane Rising go out of, out of print on the pod, but that went out of print as well. Uh, now, this doesn't mean that it's out of stock. I, I know my LGS still has both of these products, uh, or, or, or all three of these products laying around, just, just waiting, you know, kind of the last of their stock. So you can always check in on your LGS to see if they have it. Uh, the, uh, some people may have increased the price on it, um, um, what I've seen is probably like, you know, usually going around from like 100 to maybe like 120. So definitely check that out. If you're interested in picking up some soon to be out of print or, or currently out of print cards. Uh, and there's some great staples in, in Welcome to Wraith and Arcane Rising, uh, you know, such as the Arcanite Skullcap and and Grasp of the Arcanite in Arcane Rising. And then obviously Spring Tunic in... Welcome to Wraith, and you know some some other great stuff there too. Um, Enlightened Strike, yeah, Enlightened Strike was in in Welcome to Wraith, and Art of War and Command and Conquer were in Arcane Rising. So these are some pretty intense generic staples. Now we will see what Everfest brings for us in February. We we already know Arcanite Skullcap is going to be reprinted. Uh, it remains to be seen if uh, we see some other generic reprints. And I mean, I'd, I'd like to see some. I already have my playsets, but I, you know, obviously, as a a big flesh and blood fan, and I want more people to play. I think it would be great if more people had access to the cards, and and I believe that LSS 
has that in store, whether it's in Everfest or further down the line. So that will be pretty exciting. But uh, something that they announced alongside of the Welcome to Wraith Out of Print announcement is uh, a, a cool little tournament. It's, it's a farewell to Welcome to Wraith, uh, which I feel like it should have just been shortened to farewell to Wraith, but I guess we're not technically leaving Wraith. So farewell farewell to Welcome to Wraith is going to be a one-weekend uh, event where you draft Welcome to Wraith, and then the everybody gets a cold foil young hero from from that set, which is really awesome. I don't I don't I don't think at all. Like I don't know if anybody has gotten those yet. I'm I'm not sure. I wasn't playing during uh, Welcome to Wraith's release, but uh, that's really cool. So it seems to be 16. Uh, event cap or at least 16 young heroes i guess some stores could run larger events and then the top 16 get the uh heroes so uh we'll see how that goes that'll be i think at the end of january the weekend before everfest comes out so that's something to look forward to uh i'm gonna try to play one yeah that should be really cool and you know i personally would love to get a cold foil young hero that'd be awesome and and also, I think they they announced that in each of their major markets, there will be one random alpha box given away. Uh, I wasn't entirely clear on like what that means. I guess like they just pick a random winner of those those drafts, and and then uh, <laughs> I guess you just they they send you a an alpha box, which would be. I mean, amazing. Uh, whoever wins that, it's a, you know. So I guess it was uh, the Europe, uh, North America, and then the um, the Southern Hemisphere um, countries and, and markets will all get one. And then I think one store at at uh, random will get one as well. Who knows what that means? I mean, that that's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, the Alpha Alpha Welcome to Wraith is 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 is, is pretty dang uh you know uh expensive so that's a great prize to win uh so hopefully somebody maybe a bud one of you buds gets one if you do let me know and we'll talk about it that'd be great uh maybe i'll get it who knows you know like you know i i play i play a uh i play a lot of levia levia whichever you call it and you know i obviously I'm, i'm used to bad luck so some good luck every once in a while would be great so uh some other news it looks like we we do have a an announcement next week on on an update on card legality now that just means it's it's just a scheduled uh announcement that it could be no changes at all uh something could get banned something could get i guess restricted in a way something could um Something could get unbanned. We can get Seeds of Agony back. I doubt that's happening, though. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, not not really that funny, but that would be pretty interesting um, to happen. Now, I personally don't think there's any bans that need to happen. We will see if that is the case. I could see some maybe erratas kind of i mean there's a lot of talk about erratas in in flesh and blood it's tough to do in a in a print only game like flesh and blood cardboard only 
So I'm I'm doubtful that LSS would try that. At that point, it's almost just better to ban the card. Uh, some people are talking about Red Plunder Run. Some people are talking about the way Briar's abilities work. Obviously, all the talk is about Briar because the the, the Briar percentages of the field in in all the national most of the nationals tournaments was pretty intense so as we went over uh i think a couple weeks ago now it is it is interesting to think about what they could do but in reality i do think that we're not going to see any changes and and i could be wrong and if and if i am um I will pretend like I didn't say that, and I'll pretend that, you know, I knew what was going on the whole time. No, kidding. And, yeah, so that would be interesting. That we'll, we'll get that announcement before next week's episode. So uh, we will keep, a, keep an eye on that. And then something leaked, it seems, that we're going to get a ProQuest season. So it looks like they sent out the the pro quest season to some lgs's and and some just posted it because they wanted to schedule their event so you can even go on uh flesh and blood flesh and blood's event locator right now and you can find some pro quests that are already scheduled so it looks like it's going to run from i think just after everfest is launched into march so like a, a little bit over a, of a, a month of pro quest tournaments they look to be uh, being run in, in all different kinds of uh, LGSs. So uh, that's exciting. That means that we're getting ready for Pro Tour, number one of, of 2022. Look, I think we have two Pro Tours, uh, you know, probably split up in the year. So, uh, and I imagine one will be on on uh, the Eastern Hemisphere and then one will be on the Western Hemisphere. We, we will see how that kind of pans out. But that's very exciting. Some, some, finally, some, though not official announcement for pro play or, or organized play. It is definitely happening because the events are scheduled on on uh, Flesh and Blood's website. So I even looked up some, and I got two very close to me that I hope to be participating in, and I will obviously be letting all of you know how that goes uh if it goes well and and if it goes poorly i will also let you know uh so that that's very exciting this is something i think a lot of people have been waiting for i know i have uh you know even even the talks on twitter uh have been kind of you know like uh, i think even uh tarek patel the the uh the winner of the u.s nationals was uh, he posted a meme of the you know the come on do something in terms of, and I think he had uh, both Magic and Flesh and Blood on there, but come on, we know Tarek that you, your heart lies with Flesh and Blood at this point. It's gotta, right? It's gotta. But so that's exciting. And I also, um, I, I think I gave a quick shout out to to the Arcbound Geek Pietro for winning the Italian Nationals uh, with with Kano, which was very exciting. I, I got to sit in on a a conversation with Pietro and a, and a, and a, and a, and a bud, um, uh, Farsis or, or carb, cardboard flesh and blood from Instagram. And, and that was very fun. We got to hear his thought processes on there. And, and, and whenever that's posted, I'll make sure that I post that as well. And, and it, it was definitely interesting to get his 
perspective on things and and you know and he is someone that has actually made me kind of confident in the no changes happening to uh car legality so uh you know he i mean he he sat down he's like hey listen i mean kano can go toe-to-toe with briar and, and win and he, he proved that so it is um it does break things a lot um break things open in a in a meta when when someone can do that so uh, congrats to Pietro if I hadn't said it already. Uh, that was pretty awesome. He's, he's a really cool guy. And you should check out his content on YouTube, The Arcbound Geek. He's a he's a, a very cool guy, very nice guy. And he makes great content for Flesh and Blood uh, in, in both English and uh, Italian. Italian? I can speak. Uh, I, I mean, I'm having a tough time with English. So, uh, yeah. Now uh, that was really cool to talk to talk to Pietro a little bit, and um, whenever that's posted, I'll, I'll make sure I repost it on Twitter, uh, which is uh, Fresh Buds Pod uh, at Twitter at Fresh Buds Pod on Twitter. But let's get into a crack a pack of uh, Tales of Ari Unlimited uh, before we talk about Cube. So let's get this pack open. Ooh, that one sounded good. Now, I, I will say these unlimited packs are really interesting. So it's a different printer than they had for first edition. It is um, now I've I've noticed that the card quality is actually a little bit better, and um, also the foils look incredible. Uh, this is this is a this is a, hopefully this is kind of where um, LSS is going with uh, their at least their unlimited printings going forward. I know that we have the paper uh, packaging in in Foreverfest first edition. So uh, let's go through these. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it as if we were drafting, which I uh, did another draft on Monday at an armory, which is a lot of fun. I got my cold foil cracked bobble, which was sweet. All right, first out of the pack. So this is interesting. the The order of the cards in Unlimited is different than first edition, but because uh, we have our equipment first. This is Sutcliffe's Suede Hides. Uh, the This is the Rune Blade Legs. You can pop it to, to give something go again if you had played a non-attack action last turn. Uh, this is a great card in, in Briar. Uh, I would be happy taking this. I don't know if I'd take it first pick. It's just a little hard to commit to Briar that early. But if you know you're in Briar, this is this is a great a piece of equipment to have. It is, it is at a premium for Briar, I think. Uh, here's another card that I think is is good in Briar and and our boy Oldham is uh, the Red Burgeoning. Um, I like this card. Uh, good rate, two for six. Only blocks for two, which is you know not the greatest, but it does come in for seven if it played from Arsenal, which you know is is a great rate. Um, and I'd I'd probably be on that right away. Uh, next we have Shock Striker Yellow. This is the um, it's a four attack, two defense, once per turn, instant. Uh, you can pay two, and it gains, if it hits a hero, deal one damage to them. Uh, not a bad card. I, I prefer the red, obviously. Uh, the, the yellow isn't the worst, but it's not exactly where I want to start. Um, and that's definitely, you know, has nothing to do with the fact that I usually force Oldham, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, next, we got the Red Rejuvenate. Uh, not thrilled with this card. I don't even think I've ever uh, played it in a game. Uh, this is the 
you know, a one cost elemental action. Gain three life. If you fuse this turn, you may play it as though we're an instant. Eh, it's fine. Um, I just, it doesn't feel like that's what you want to do in any of the, the hero decks of, of this limited format. But I guess if, if, if you need a playable, it's, it's, it can, it could be fun. Uh, next we have the Red Heavens Claws. This is a one costed five attack lightning action. It does block for three. This is a, this is a great, uh, fuse card. It's great in Lexi's arsenal to give something, the next thing go again, which could be the Heavens Claws. Uh, I think this is a is another solid spot to start. Uh, I'm still burgeoning over Heaven's Claws, but uh, I would I would go burgeoning then Heaven's Claws. Uh, now it looks like we have some rares. Uh, first, we have a, the Yellow and Bolden. This is the Guardian Attack or the a Guardian Action Aura. It's a four costed um, aura, blocks for three. If it enters the arena, if you control another non-token aura, draw a card. Hard, hard to make work in in limited. I don't even know if it's really makes. You know, I don't know if it could really make any waves in in constructed either. But uh, not really thrilled with this compared to the other auras in the set. It's it's a little overcosted. You, you know, four is a little bit too much. So. Not crazy about Embolden. This is rare. That'll go in the giveaway pile. Next, we have Blue Weave Earth, the which is a zero-costed Earth action. Next, Earth or Elemental attack action. You play this turn gains plus one. If it was fused, it gains plus two. Now, I do really like this card, and I want to. I'm going to say why because of the the, the foil that's next. Um, I really like Weave Earth because. Uh, Weave Earth Blue, because it is a blue earth pitch for Oldham, which is great. Obviously, you know, prevent that too. Uh, and also, when you need it, you can pump up the next card, uh, which is Thump. Which is my favorite finisher in this, this format. This is the four-costed, so the, this is the red one, four-costed, six attack, guardian attack action, three defense. And if its base attack or if its attack is greater than its base attack, it gains dominate. And if it hits a hero, they discard a card. I mean, this is brutal when you can get uh, a um, uh, a pump on there. And you know, one of the best ways to do it in in the in the format is Cracker Jack. So if you're in Guardian, you have a th at least one thump. Or you, if you're in Guardian, you see the Cracker Jacks, take it, and then you can kind of prioritize thumps as they kind of wheel around the table. Uh, if you don't really have anything to pump it, it's really not that great. Uh, it still blocks for three, which is not that terrible. So, it's a very pretty foil, though. It's really cool. You kind of get the sun in the background shining. I'll go in the giveaway pile too. Uh, next, we got Rites of Replenishment Red. This is a this is a solid Briar card. This is uh, the two cost is six attack, three defense. It has Earth Fusion. When you attack with it, if you have dealt arcane damage this turn, you may put a non-attack action card from your graveyard on the bottom of your deck. And when you attack, if it was fused, me put an attack action card from your graveyard on the bottom of the deck. So, nice little thing uh, to play, especially when you're in the Oldham matchup, uh, where they're trying to fatigue you out. And on rate, it's pretty good. Uh, throw that right there. Next, we got a blue snow under. Uh, I, I actually, I don't hate the snow under um, card, but it's just really not where I want to be. But I do like the blue one, because it is a three-cost 
card, so it's five five attack, three defense. So it is a good thing to pitch to your hammer, which will give it the plus one. Uh, next, Chilling Ice Vein. This is the one-costed... This is the yellow one. It's the one-costed four attack, three defense. Arrow has Ice Fusion, and whenever attack deals damage to a hero this turn, they discard a card unless they pay one. If you're in Ice Lexi, it's, it's pretty solid. Um, the red one's obviously better. I think Lexi in general wants a lot of red arrows. But uh, if, if you can reliably fuse this, it's it's not not the worst option. Uh, this is this next card is a, a real all-star. Bramble Spark. Obviously, zero cost. Elemental Rune Blade action. Has Earth Fusion. Uh, the next attack action card you play this turn gains when you attack with this card, deal one arcane damage to target hero. And if it was fused, the next attack, the next attack action card you gain you play gains plus three, which this card is just an all-star. I, I wouldn't fault you for taking that first ever because then you can get a really good start into Briar. Or, yeah, into Briar. Though, I think I'm on Weave Earth because I just, uh, I'm just... I'm just a sucker for Oldham, and I think that's a that's a good good Oldham card. Uh, next is Entwine Lightning. This is a really solid one. Zero cost, four attack. And this is the red one. Uh, Lightning Fusion. If it was fused, it gains go again. Bread and butter in in either Briar, or, or Lexi. Uh, Emerging Avalanche. Not a huge fan of this one. This is a two costed. This is one of the other auras. So it's a Elemental Guardian attack, action aura. Blocks for three. Not too bad. Um, if it was fused, you create a Frostbite token. And, or, and it's ice fuse, obviously Frostbite token, and then your next turn it pops. And your next attack is plus one. Good with thumps, but this is not the best one. I prefer uh, the, the um, I forget the name of the Earth Fusion one, but uh, um, that one is a little bit better in my opinion. Next we have Frazzle, which is the one cost, this is the yellow, one cost, four attack, three defense, lightning fusion, arrow. Uh, if it was fused, whenever attack would deal damage this turn, instead it deals that much damage plus one. Uh, the the um these arrows are all kind of dependent on how well you can fuse especially if they're, they're not the red ones obviously if you're in the the red ones are kind of good on on their base but these these yellows and blues kind of depend if you can really fuse them because you can you know sneak in some extra damage with your with your shiver with the dominator the plus one so yeah so that was a crack pack i'll put the rares and the foil in the giveaway pile and we'll move on to, let me throw these over here. Let me take a nice sip of water over here. Before we continue with the main event here. So, uh, as the title of the podcast suggests, I did build a cube. Now, what is a cube, you might be asking. If you don't know what a cube is, it's a way to, to do drafts. So we, we did just kind of talk about some limited stuff right there. So drafting, if you don't know what that is, that's where eight players typically sit at a table. They each have three packs. They open the first one. They pick a card, pass it to the left until that whole pack is gone. So everybody's been passing to the left of that first pack. They open, crack the second pack. Take one, pass it to the right, do that until that's gone. Third pack, crack it, 
pass it back to the left. Do that till that's gone. And and during the whole time, you're trying to build a deck. And, um, you know, in, in Flesh and Blood, when you do that, you're, you're kind of, you're pivoting, you're, you're, you're trying to pigeonhole yourself into a certain hero. So you're taking certain hero cards, you know, as I discussed with that, that crack of pack. So playing traditional draft is great. You know, I, I love playing, you know, cracking some packs and, and doing it, but cube draft is, is a casual TCG format where like when a player who is myself creates a cube, which is a large pool of cards selected for the, the purposes of playing a limited game. So in flesh and blood, I had to decide how to do that best in, in, uh, in magic where cube draft is, is very popular. Uh, you know, you have five colors no matter what. So, you know, it is always going to, you know, be able to support all five colors now with, with flesh and blood, that's a little bit different. So, Typically, a cube is 360 cards minimum. So that would be three 15-card packs per person at an eight-player table. Some cubes in in other the other game that shall but not be named, even though I already named it, can can go even higher. They can even double that. I think some can go all the way up to 720. So that kind of you can get different experiences. Each time you do the cube, if, if uh, you know, because you're shuffling it all up and you get a little bit, it's like sometimes a certain combo piece is in one draft and it wasn't in the, the, the last. Now, I when, I, when I was thinking about building this cube, I, I thought that, you know what, I, first of all, the card pool in Flesh and Blood right now wouldn't be able to support that. Anything more than 360. I think you got to keep it as tight as possible. Uh, essentially because if you get put more cards in in it than would be in a single draft you can lose certain class cards for the heroes so that and that would make a certain hero just not as strong and and you don't want that you kind of want everybody playing a hero to the the strongest of how they drafted that hero so i guess before we dive in into my cube uh talk a little bit my history with cubing so i i have always been a huge limited player uh with uh that previous game that i had mentioned uh you know love love draft love sealed it is i think it's one of the best ways to play a collectible card game and i will stand by that i think it not only is it um the, it changes, the experience changes every time you play just because no, no two decks are ever going to be the same. Uh, and and also, I think the because of that, the, the on-the-field experiences are changing and the decisions are so much more intricate and not as streamlined and on rails. So, I used to play it a lot of limited. So then I got into cubes and I, I didn't know what a cube was. You know, I heard about it at first and let me take a sip here. I heard about it at first and I was like, Oh, what's this? What's a cube? Is this like some kind of, you know, made up thing? And it wasn't, I mean, I was just being closed minded. And then I got to play in a cube and it was so cool. 
you know, you got to play with all the, the cards that you love from Constructed, but you're drafting them. So that was a real a huge draw for me when I first sat down to do a cube. So I would play it a lot. I had a friend who had one. We would play, you know, when we, whenever we can get eight or six to eight people. And then, and then on, on certain digital, uh, I guess, clients would be the word, they would put a, a, a cube out, you know, every couple times a year. And that would be a ton of fun. You know, and you could get to you get to see a cube that like has these cards that maybe your your buddy wouldn't have afforded for a cube anyway. So you're playing with certain thirty thousand dollar cards, and you're playing them on a on an online thing, and and you get to really experience what it's like to play with those cards, which was which was really cool. And then I decided I wanted to build a cube in that game, but you know, of course I had to make it hard for myself, and I decided I'm going to build a a, uh, there's five colors in that game, and one of the colors was red, and I and I really like red cards, so I was like, I'm gonna build a mono red cube, and it was all red cards, and it was very thematic, and and uh, you know, I think it was a lot of fun. I wish I got to play it a little bit more with people, but you know, you know, life happens, and and people don't play games as much and people move away so it just uh it just kind of went the way of the dinosaur and then that's when i found flesh and blood and and i was playing constructive flesh and blood i was like oh i wonder how limited is in flesh and blood and it's really good and i was like oh my god i think somebody should make a cube and i had seen some other people make one and i you know i i I hadn't really looked into what they did so i i did want to sit down and kind of theorize because i have you know this podcast i think it's a great thing to talk about i wanted to theorize about how it would work and if it could work so i sat down and did it and you know this is this is kind of where i came to with it so i do think you can do it in, in flesh and blood and i did build one so i hope I hope it works. Um, I'm hoping to play it this weekend at PAX Unplugged. I didn't mention that at the beginning of the show, but I'll be at PAX Unplugged. If you're listening to it before and you're going to be there, definitely hit me up. I'll post something on Twitter as well. But so here is where I came to a kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A plan for this, this cube. So I looked at, the the core products of flesh and blood limited um before we got into talents so that that's welcome to wraith and arcane rising so the the structure of those are four heroes um with you know half half of the pack or almost half of the pack i guess maybe more like 30 percent of the pack is generics and then the rest of the pack is you know outside of rares and stuff is the class cards so when you draft those sets you know you can you can pick generics first before you kind of really settle in on which hero you want to do and usually a a table can can support two heroes or two people per hero sometimes it's three and then you know another one is like a little bit less and then we've seen even in tales of aria sometimes you can get four people on one hero and then you know two and two 
Uh, but so I had to come up with a way that how do I support the same kind of experience that Arcane Rising and Welcome to Wraith brought for a limited environment? And so I was like, all right, four heroes. Now, do I just do all four heroes from one set? I thought about that, but I didn't want to kind of, I didn't, I, I wanted to give a different experience than, than maybe you got when you drafted Welcome to Wraith or then, then you got when you drafted Arcane Rising. So I, I picked two from each. From Welcome to Wraith, I picked my boy Rhinar because I, I think that's a pretty straightforward. And I, here's another thing. I wanted to make sure all four heroes kind of had different feels. I think Reinar was the big beefy guy, obviously. And then I picked Dorinthia. You know, this is this is the, the, the weapon hero through and through. And then from Arcane Rising, I went with the crowd favorite, Azalea, who is... I actually think it really does shine in, in a limited uh, environment. So I, I think she deserves some love and I wanted to put her in, in the cube and, and, and see how that goes. And obviously this is, this is very, very much the initial draft and we will see how it goes. And obviously it will change as more product is released. You know, I'm sure Everfest is going to change this cube up quite a bit. And then the last one I I wanted to go Viscerai. So um, first of all, Viscerai is the, the, the easiest rune blade to deal with. I think, uh, you can add in sideboard options for Viscerai into a cube that, uh, you know, people can start picking up if they decide not to be Viscerai. Obviously when you sit down with this cube, I'll tell each person, Hey, listen, it's Viscerai, Dorinthia, Reinar, and Azalea. You got to keep that in mind, you know? So maybe if, if, if you're in Dorinthia and, and you, you get a pack and you see a null rune hood, maybe you pick it up, you know, which is in the cube, by the way, all the null runes are, you kind of have to. So those are the four that I, that I went with. And I, I think I, and the reason, another reason I picked them is you need enough cards to support, I think two solid decks each or three, three to four ish mild, milder ones. I think you can have like one strong and two mild heroes in, in, in this cube. So I was like, all right, so what would be the minimum amount of class cards that you got to have? I was like, uh, probably like 60. 60 cards with the generic kind of support. I think you can easily get, so maybe like 20, 20, 20 split between players with 10, 10, 10 on, on generics. So I looked at, you know, I looked at a bunch of different heroes, obviously Kano and Katsu were kind of out of, out of uh, the question because Really, you only have one ninja printing if you don't count Crucible and the same with, with Wizard. So the card pool isn't that large. Obviously, Runeblade has gotten a lot of help. Viscerai was an obvious choice. Dorinthia has her cards. She has cards from Crucible. And then she got a few cards from from Monarch with our boy um, 
what's his name? Sir Bolton. I don't know why I forgot it. And then, you know, Reinar, we got uh same thing with Leviah. And then Azalea, we got some help from the the Lexi printings. So, and then I was deciding, and this is actually something that I didn't even, the next thing is something I didn't even think about until I started typing out my, my list, which I'm going to share in the show notes. It will be there. I have a, like a Google Sheets doc that people can look at. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. The kind of one column is, is the class name of the card, and then it'll be a check on whether it's blue, yellow, red. And then, or an equipment slash weapon. And um, for all the cards that have a blue, yellow, and red version, so all the rares and, and commons, uh, I do one of each. That's what I do. This is a singleton cube. Uh, so far, that's, this is how I wanted to start it. So, and then I had to think about, all right, well, I'm putting weapons in here. So, like, for example, I, for Reinar, I put mandible claws in there, um, which will be kind of one card. I because obviously if you pick one mandible claw, you can't wait for the second mandible claw. So they're both stuffed into one sleeve. So you pick mandible claws, you get both of them. Uh, and obviously I have those in there, but I was like, oh, what if somebody picks brute, brute cars and then doesn't manage to grab the mandible claws, the ravenous meat axe, or the romping club? So I was like, oh, gotta, I'll, I'll just take out the romping club. And that will be like a guaranteed weapon if you if you go that way. So I have that off to the side with the young heroes for the people who draft. And I think that's probably the best way to do it. So it gives people an option to pick try to pick the the cool weapons with the fallback plan of just oh well I'll get the Robin Club anyway. That's fine. That'll work out for the deck anyway. So yeah, so it's an all singleton cube and we have 360 cards and some standouts. So like basically right now I have almost every single printing of the class cards that have been printed. I think I had to cut some room blade cards cause it just didn't, it just weren't that good. So what was the point of putting them in there? And there's just been so many printings of room blade cards. So, um, I don't have the full room blade suite, maybe just missing like two two different cards. I think I have every single warrior card. Now these are all non-talented. I don't have any of the light warrior cards and the same with the same with uh the room blade stuff with like elemental and and um shadow. I don't have those in there. And the brute cards, no shadow. And Obviously, the same thing with Ranger. So, these are all singletons. Then it came down to what what generics. Because there is quite a bit of generics that I could put in there. But I ended up uh, not. I had, to choose, I had to choose which ones I wanted to put in there. So, basically, I, I put almost every single, every single super majestic legendary in there so we got the i mean i i'm using proxies proxies are okay especially for the legendaries uh so like the arcanite skull cap and the final spring tunic even though i own them i have them proxied in there and the same with all the legendaries for the classes except for um except for skullbone cross wrap 
Um, I think for obvious reasons that, that, that card hasn't really spiked much. So, and it was just sitting in my binder and, uh, I was like, yeah, I'll just throw it in there. And it is, it is a really cool looking card. So, uh, yeah, for, for the generics, I kind of put every single legendary. I put a, I decided to put a suite of null runes, the the robe, gloves, hood, boots. I did the suite of iron rot. I decided against uh, whatever the other one was from Monarch. I feel like um, it had another it had another iron name. Uh, I, I didn't go with that. I threw the scalers in there, time skippers, uh, hope merchant's hood, heart and cross strap. You know some some really good uh, utilization cards. And then for the generic like commons and rares. I wanted to only put cards that really would be bread and butter for these other decks that would make sense in these other decks. So you put like Zealous Belting, uh, Snatch, uh, Slogism, Sink Below, you know, Pummel, Plunder Run, you know, just stuff that's, that could kind of help every kind of deck in, in a way. So I did throw those in there. You know, I think Rifting is actually a really sweet card uh, that I had never gotten to play with because I didn't really get to draft Arcane Rising. So I wanted to throw that in there. And then for the, you know, the Ranger, obviously the Ranger only has one other straight Ranger weapon, and that's the Redliner. So, uh, you know, the Ranger players will be fighting for that, I think, though. I think the um, the the Death Dealers is, is fine, because and that will be off to the side for them. Uh the ranger cards are, you know, pretty straightforward. Everything you kind of expect. I don't think I cut a single ranger card. I do in the, it's you'll see in the list if you go take a look. In brute, I, I have all brute cards. And then I threw the gambler's gloves into the brute section. Uh, because um, it's essentially a brute card. But I do have it labeled as generic. Uh, you know, if people are, are going, you know, to look at it um, in a, in a, in a deep kind of way. It is still generic, but it is in the brute section because it is a brute card, though. It would be a cool card to hate draft, uh, I would say, um, if you think somebody at the table has the scabskin leathers and you want to mess with them. So, uh, brute's cool. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see, uh, you know, as I test this, how the 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 commons and uncommons that, like, the, the blues and yellows that, that aren't exactly six power or more play out but i think it will work out you know you'll find the the balance the real question is how how are all the yellows in 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 this cube going to play out because you know you yellows seem to be the the card the cards that you don't really want to take in, in limited you want the blues and the reds but i think this will kind of create an environment that is uh truly limited in in the terms of like you gotta you have to like create a deck with the best deck you can do with what you've got so i i do enjoy this that aspect of this i'm excited to try it out i'm hoping to try it out at pax uh unplugged this this weekend um i the some concerns that i have with this cube and you might have the same if you look at it is rune blade is very supported <laughs> Uh, I think Runeblade has the most cards. Uh, 
And, you know, I think that is because Runeblade has had the most printings. Um, and obviously it's LSS's favorite hero type. So we'll see if I need to cut back on any uh, of, of the Runeblade cards. Maybe in, in favor of some more some more um, generics. But I guess um, for the... podcast i should say the each each um if, if you if you don't know the dawn blade because it's not in the in the um in the 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 file so dawn blade would be the car the the weapon that you automatically get with dorinthia romping club for reinar death dealer for azalea and a nebula blade for viscerai so those are the the automatic cards. Like if you're drafting, like you would in a, in a normal draft, like it's a essentially the token card. So, you know that's something. If you decide to build a cube, which it would be cool, obviously do your own thing. I think uh, I would love to see some other people's takes on on cube. Um, but if you decide to do it in this style, you know, I think before you sit down with everybody, it's like listen, these are the four heroes. These are the four weapons you automatically get. There are other weapons in this this cube. Feel free to draft them. But if you don't get them, that's okay because you're going to have a weapon um, regardless and and uh, they're all they're all totally fine options for each hero. Especially, I mean like Dawnblade, I mean that's that's a whole different deck anyway. Uh, but you know, the the axes and are in there and the Centauri Sabers. So it is kind of cool. So if you get the axes, you can kind of um, prioritize getting the spill spill blood or spoils of war. I forget which one um, uh, buffs your axes, which would be completely useless if you don't have the axes. So don't pick that card without the axes, unless you want to pick it early and, and aim for the axes. I would say. So yeah, uh, that is kind of the overview of of this cube. Uh, I'm gonna try it out this weekend. Hopefully, it, it plays out like I'm hoping it will. I think, I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm excited to even just cubing in general again. Uh, this is uh, you know the fresh fab cube as you'll see at the top of the the um, the the file. And uh, yeah, I, I obviously a lot of the things are proxied. Some things that I you know I I haven't. I don't own like the uh, the Arknight Shard and the Eye of Ophidia uh, cards like that. The the Fabled I, I don't own them, so I, I'm just not gonna not gonna um, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy them for the cube, especially if like those cards aren't even good enough for the cube. Uh, so proxying is okay, obviously. Uh, you know if you want the cards, and, and they are very expensive cards, so I don't even know if I would trust them in the hands of people <laughs> so uh yeah so all the all the legendaries even the ones i own are are, are proxied as well uh as i said before other than the uh, uh the skullbone cross wraps so yeah that's the that's the cube um and uh yeah please check it out let me know what you think i'll, I'll let you i'll i'll give an update on it uh in the next uh episode or two on 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 if i played it and how it went and and uh i'll be um I'll be posting about it on, on Twitter as well. So you guys can always check that out. And, and as the plan going forward is to 
to make updates to this cube as as the carpool gets gets larger. I mean, I think Everfest is going to change this cube dramatically. As I said earlier, I think that we're obviously we're going to get a bunch of hopefully a bunch of different specializations um, and 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 some good uh, class cards that you know at this once that happens, you know. So this is the base. That's the point where I can start taking some things out and adding them for uh for each hero so you know if if i find that certain cards aren't really cutting making is it cutting the mustard either way if i if i find certain cards aren't really performing the way i want to i can start adding in those uh whether it's the red yellow and blue or sometimes or maybe i find that maybe the yellow isn't of a certain card isn't worth it so i take that out and maybe pop in, you know, a red of something else, and and uh, yeah, I think the this is a, a really exciting thing to do. Uh, hopefully, you know, I can continue to grow it, and 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 hopefully play with some people at maybe some callings next year, and and uh, maybe some after some pro quest after I scrub out some pro quests or something like that. You know, we'll get it going. But uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely let me know. You can always. Um, uh, at me on Twitter, uh, at Fresh Buds Pod. Uh, you can email the show at uh, Fresh Buds Pod at Google at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I, I w- I'd like to um, discuss uh, cubing in general uh, with anybody. So uh, this is uh, this is uh, something I'm really passionate about, and I hopefully you know you guys um, found it interesting. And it, you know, if if you never want me to talk about cube again. I got bad news for you because um, this is my podcast and I do what I want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, you know, j- um, check out the Discord. Uh, if, if you're listening on YouTube, um, subscribe. Like, um, you know, I this is all audio, so I mean, I, I'm I'm a I'm a big audio guy, so I like, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you're listening, um, if you can leave a review, that's cool. If, if not, you know, you know just enjoy and, and hopefully keep listening. And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And then, yeah, check out the Discord. And, and um, yeah, let's um, let's have a great week. And I'm going to have, a, hopefully, a, a good weekend at PAX Unplugged. But uh, before I go, I want to talk a little food, as I usually do. Uh I was I was toying with what I what kind of food I wanted to talk about and and I I was having a tough time figuring out exactly what I because I haven't had any like crazy good food lately you know just been so busy a lot of you know struggle meals as as it were but I want to talk about cheese I love cheese so I wanted to give my top five cheeses of all time my this is my top five it's my opinion. Uh, even though it is the right opinion, uh, you guys are all entitled to your own. I'm going to start at number five. Mozzarella. Mutz. Mozzarella. You know, this this cheese, you know, it, we all know and love, whether it's a, a string cheese or, or, or it's on a pizza or on a sandwich. I mean, I, I love, and, you know, shouts to Garbage Andy. He think he posted a, a picture of a nice New York, New York City sandwich. Um, that had that nice thick piece of fresh mutts on it with the, with the salami on there. That's just exactly where I want to be. Um, where even when it's just like almost like a little cloud, right? You're biting into it. It's a nice mild cheese. It's not, you know, 
it's not going to really take over the flavors of other things. Mozzarella, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, mo- mozzarella sticks. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a mainstay on the American restaurant, um, menus. Now I don't know about, um, all the buds abroad, but you know, mozzarella sticks over here, you know, they're going crazy. You should really look into, um, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, it's a, it's a global thing. I don't know. Could be. Could not be. Uh, number four is another another Italian cheese uh, ricotta, or as the the people here in New Jersey like to say, ricotta. So uh, ricotta is like a soft cheese. You know, throw it on like a white pie, um, or not a I mean a white pizza. In <laughs> I'm so used to calling pizza the pies here in the the Northeast, but yeah, throw it on a good white pizza. You can, you know, get in the calzone. Um, you can even use it to fill. I mean, it's, it's traditionally that's what you use to fill cannolis, which is one of the greatest desserts of all time. So ricotta is super. It just adds to 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 whatever. Sometimes when we have pasta here at uh, Casa de Fresh, uh, you throw that like red sauce in there, and you just take a scoop of the ricotta. You kind of mix it in, melts a little bit. Mm. My my Atlanta, that that cheese is delicious, but it's only number four. There's three cheeses that I find better than ricotta. Number three, cheddar. I mean, we, I mean, what what is there to say about cheddar that hasn't already been said? Cheddar is a a an American mainstay. It is the perfect amount of sharp. Also, it's it's not you know it's not like a stinky cheese or anything like that. It's just got this really great sharp flavor. It melts pretty well. You can throw on a burger. You know, it's it's you know, cheese and crackers. I mean, we, you know, you cut up your 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 um your Vermont Cabot cheddar with the the crackers. I mean, that's a, that's a snack for the ages. Let's let's be real. I mean, this this ch- cheddar is just an all timer. It's 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 the gold standard. Um, just because it's the gold standard doesn't mean it's my favorite. But I I had to throw on the list, and I think three is a a respectable ranking for cheddar number two now number one and two were actually really close because i really love both these cheeses with with all my heart with all my arteries too uh i i had to edge out one because i you know i had to think about what could i not live with anymore and and i i don't think i could live without either of them but if it really had to come down to the the choice uh, I made this this choice. So number two, feta. This is this is I mean this is one of my favorite cheeses. You know it's it's a it's a sheep's milk, uh, based cheese. So it's a little bit different than, than your cow's milk based cheeses. It's got a nice saltiness, man. It's it you know good good on Greek food, good on uh you know Middle Eastern food too. You can even get some great you know Lebanese. Uh, fetas sometimes they're so creamy then you get the really crumbly ones too i put on every salad i ever make if if i'm having a salad you can rest assured that feta is going to be on that salad i love feta it is so good i sometimes i have this this tin there's not a tin i have this tub of uh dodani i believe is how it's pronounced feta it's like in a brine and sometimes i'll just go in with a fork and just break off a piece and just eat a nice big chunk of feta like this is how much i love that cheese it is so good it is 
just absolutely. I mean, it, however, it doesn't have a lot of versatility. I will say that. I think it's it's kind of a one trick pony, though. It, it can go well with some fruit salad sometimes too, like well, a watermelon and, and feta. It's pretty nice. However, I had to give number one to blue cheese, and I'm I'm saying all varieties here. I'm going to gorgonzola to your typical you know blue to uh, Stilton. I, I, I don't know what it is about blue cheese. I'm obsessed. I have, a, I guess, a problem. Blue cheese is just just my favorite. And I'm sorry that some people don't like it, but it's just, it's just, uh, it's just making, it makes me live. You know, I open up the fridge and I see some blue cheese. I'm like, okay, I'm happy I'm on this earth. You know, it's, it's, it's that good. You know, it's got that, uh, that almost like funky sharpness to it with this like creaminess too that really just like it'll cool off cool off your buffalo wings it can you can put on a burger with like some mushrooms and it's like wow and it pairs so well with like a wine or a really nice dark beer man blue blue is just just amazing you know it it, it really is good and and um it's uh, it's my number one spot, so you know, you know, call in with uh call in with uh, your your with your favorite cheeses. The lines are open on Twitter and and the email, I guess. So let me know how you feel about those top five cheeses of mine, and I will tell you how wrong you are, unless it's the same top five as me. <laughs> so uh, that's gonna do it for the show. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I hope um, you check out the the cube. Let me know how it is. And um, I hope everybody stays fresh. See you.